It's the Great Dante Read-Through. It's the Great Dante Read-Through, where we are reading through all of the comic strip, The Adventures of Nikolai Dante. Co-created by Robbie Morrison and Simon Fraser from the weekly science fiction anthology comic, 2000 AD. I'm Simon Fraser. And I'm Edie Nugent, freelance writer and Simon's wife. Join us as we swashbuckle our way through the Russian Empire of the future. Warning, there will be spoilers. We will be talking in depth about these comics, so if you haven't read them yet, listen at your own risk. To join our book club and read along with us, go to shop.2000ad.com to pick up the books in hard copy or digital. Today we're reading Fists of Fury and Last Dance on the Trans-Siberian Express, found in Progs 1141 through 1143. Hello, Simon. Hi, Edie. Hi. Hi. You good? Good. Yeah? All good, yes. Thank Excellent. You. Thank you very much for asking. Um, you know, I kind of want to say, like, you know, hi, Simon, hi, Edie, and, like, hi, friends. Like, welcome our listeners, because we're kind of all doing this together. Hello, Squawks Deck Danto. That's really complicated. I'm going to issue a no-prize challenge to our listeners. Okay. Uh, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, and I do... Um, she really I'll, does. <laughs> I really do. Um, usually, uh, or not usually, a lot of times um, hosts will refer to their audience as something, mm. right? Um, you know, uh, like the Scam Goddess, which is a wonderful podcast talking about con artists and scams. She calls them her congregation. Hmm. Get it? Congregation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm issuing a challenge to our listeners Come up with a name, a collective noun for yourselves. What should that be? And we'll hmm. pick the one we like the best and give them a no prize. Okay. Yeah. Well, on you go, guys. So on you go. And girls. Um, and girls and everybody. Uh, yeah. Friends beyond the binary. Um, okay, so yes, we're starting with Fists of Fury. So who wrote it, who drew it, who colored it, who lettered it? Well, it's written by Robbie. Robbie Morrison, of course. Uh, oh, wait, art. has he... Have we heard of this Robbie Morrison guy? A couple of times. He's written a novel. Oh, okay. Nice. That's good for him. Yes. Uh, he also actually did uh, <laughs> something we could talk to Charlie about when we get around to that. Uh, he did. Uh, he and Charlie did a book together called um, White Death about uh, the war, First World War in the Alto Adige in Italy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Using, that sounds serious. Uh, yeah, it was about using avalanches as a weapon of war. Mm. Yeah. Very serious. Anyway, it just occurred to me the other day that they had done this book together. Right. So anyway, Robbie, Charlie, uh, Charlie Adler drawing it. Colors by Gary Caldwell, Yay. my guy. Uh, and letters by the indomitable Annie Parkhouse. Fabulous. So we open on the space egg. Space egg floating. floating palace. Everyone's favorite force perspective. Yes. <laughs> and... Um, a voiceover announces, this is not attributed, unlike many of the voiceovers mm. that sort of explain where we're at at the start, this one is not attributed to anyone, but it lets us know that the Tsar has invited the House of Romanov to attend a gathering of the imperial dynasties that promises an announcement of monumental importance. Hmm. 
and uh, hospitality and entertainment second to none. Okay. Which whatever in these stories we hear entertainment second to none or promised great entertainment, like something weird is going to go down. Well, we know there's going to be a fight. But Something that way, is happening. I mean, well, Dante's last... invited and it's called Fists of Fury. <laughs> so the chances are there's going to be a fight. I mean, the last time that we were promised entertainment, it was Lulu promising Dante entertainment. And that entertainment was like him being fingered for murder that she committed. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, in any event. It's a euphemism what you're saying. Yes. For I, I, I think as we go along in these stories, <laughs> the promised great entertainment is going to continue to... We're uh, starting to see patterns. We're starting to see the patterns, right. yes. So inside the space egg, a crowd has gathered to laugh at something that they're looking at outside of the windows of the palace. Mm-hmm. And it's a giant floating billboard with a picture of John- Dante on it, mm-hmm. naked with his pants on his head, mm-hmm. flanked by two naked ladies. Yes. Once again, a spaceship just happens to be floating by and obscuring his crotch. As they always will. So this is the picture that was taken when he was completing the Hellraiser gauntlet aboard the Sex Snowpiercer train, which we talked Mm -hmm. about in episode 10, uh, Movable Feast. Got 10 already, my goodness. I know, and this is episode 14. 14, we're we're coming up to our... I know. Our podcast's going through puberty right now. (sighs) It's 14. Yeah, it's a tough time. Um, For all of us. So Dante informs us that there are many of these things around, these billboards, Mm -hmm. and meets Mikhail Dariabin. Thank you. I love when you just just know now to pronounce the names, because I can't. (laughs) Um, Patriarch of the House of Bolshoi. Bolshoi, yes. Who was allied with the late Kronstadt, Mm -hmm. the one who got melted by Nastasia. That's correct. Um, so he's the media dynasty guy and tells Dante that there are actually three of these billboards for every major city in the empire. And mm. one, one, if you're a medium-sized city. Minor principality. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're only a one Dante billboard city. Oh, isn't that cute? Um, okay. So someone is waging an expensive propaganda campaign against Dante. And Mikhail says he can help turn the publicity... To Dante's financial advantage. Yes, if you're hearing ice clinking, it's not a drink. It's well, it's a drink. It's just water. You're just having water. I have beer. I'm, I'm not allowed alcohol. I have beer because I just sat down at the end of. We're recording this podcast again, last minute Tuesday, Tuesday night. night. Yes. Um. So I just digested uh 30 pages of comics um into some notes. So I'm rewarding myself with a beer. Good job. Thanks. Um. So yeah. So basically, uh, somebody's waging an expensive propaganda campaign against Dante, and Mikhail says that he can help turn the publicity to Dante's financial advantage because he tells Dante that he's a sex symbol. He's an influencer. Right, he's an influencer, uh, you know, which is definitely the way to Dante's, you know, heart or lower, um, <laughs> and uh, offers to make Dante a playmate of the month on his interactive sex channels. Woohoo! Wonderful. Uh, Dante says he'll keep it in mind if he gets desperate. He might. He might. Uh, And on another balcony, the Tsar is chiding uh, the Romanov patriarch Dimitri, asking if Dimitri wishes he'd let the Tsar execute Dante when he had the chance. Tsar somewhat off-model here, I feel. I didn't recognize him at the start. Oh, the drawing of him here? Yeah, he looks... um, Suddenly he's been at the the beard dye. Yeah, he's... (laughs) He's boot-polished his hair and beard. 
<laughs> Gary um, just decided. I don't think it's not Gary. You don't think it's Gary? No, this is Charlie. You think this is it's all, in the it's inks all, for Charlie? It's, it's in the lane work. So yeah, it's Charlie's decided <laughs> suddenly the czar is going to. I'm trying to figure out who he looks like there. He kind of looks like somebody. I, I didn't know who he was at the start, but they're like, oh, right. Okay, I guess the czar. Anyway. He looks like, who's that guy who does the actor's studio? Oh, yeah. He looks like He died him. recently. Uh, Tipton. James Tipton. Lipton? Lipton, sorry. James Lipton. Lipton. He kind of yeah. looks like James Lipton. That's because he here. dyes his beard. Yeah. Oh, because James Lipton dyes yeah, his beard. He of, dyes course his he beard yeah. of course yeah, he did. Of course he did. So in any event, right. So here's my question about this exchange. So the czar is making fun of Dimitri saying, don't you wish, because Dante is such an embarrassment. So they're mm-hmm. all gathering the czar and Dimitri. They're looking up at this billboard. And the czar is going, huh, aren't you sad that you didn't let me execute Dante when I had the chance, but like, I actually went back and read mm-hmm. again because I was like, that's not really? what happened. Mm-hmm. That's not at all what happened. Because hmm. um, Dimitri says no, he likes how Dante upstages the czar at every event. But right. like, that's not what happened. Uh, Dante was going to be executed by the czar and the czar desi- decided to tell Dante to like take the black and go with the Raven Corps mm-hmm. and go out to the far reaches of the whatever kingdom and he was having him interface with the uh crashed spaceship and that's how dante got his crest this was all the czar's plan there was no dimitri involved at all unless there was some behind the scenes shadiness Mm -hmm. i don't know it's weird to me it's weird to me trust Uh, me no i mean it was there was the czar who was going to execute him but then decided not to but this is what he says he says this is the czar this is the czar talking the czar says don't you ever wish you had let me execute young Dante when he first burst into our lives, Dimitri? I'm telling you. I don't know if that's just an it, error or if there's up, something going take it on. Out with anyway, okay. Um, right. So, uh, anyway, the czar jokes that Dante has a small penis. Yeah. Whatever, dude. Because. Like, okay. <laughs> that's, that's how you hurt it's people. It's so cheap. Like, dude. Really? Okay. You can't come up with anything better than that? Mm. Like, all right, sure. Um, So Dante says he needs a drink. Poor thing. I'm sure he does. Um, Only, I mean, basically Dante was like, uh, what do you call it? Revenged porned here. He was. It's awful and it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. This is truly awful. I mean, you hear about people who get this done to them, who have horrible exes that like take secret sexy pictures they were lucky enough Mm -hmm. to get when they were dating the person and like you know, blast them around to people. And this is like on an epic, like global scale. <laughs> They're doing this to Dante. Yeah. Um, so poor Dante mm-hmm. uh, goes and gets a drink um, and is interrupted by Jenna, mm-hmm. who jokes that she barely recognizes him with her clothes on. Yeah. This she is barely a, like, this recognizes is... him with his clothes on. Excuse me. Yeah, this is this is a thing, obviously, that's, that's happened. We did. We, it was off camera. Right. Well, I was confused at first. Um, and Dante saying he could say the same thing about Jenna. I barely recognize you with your clothes on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? He's seen her naked. Right. We haven't seen Jenna since she was all dolled up at the end of the great game. And right. they were sh- but they were sharing a lot of wine. Yes. And Dante claims they got drunk that night and ended up naked in bed together. And Jenna... Which seems to be all they can agree on. <laughs> Though Dante obviously is pushing whatever advantage he has on that one. Yes. She says they did nothing. He says they did six or seven rounds of nothing. Mm-hmm. And then she says she doesn't believe him. And so he catches her and 
in her lie and says, aha, you don't actually remember, do you? Yeah. And he says, I remember every squelchy detail. Uh, I think later we find out that he doesn't. He's just basically jerking. I mean, it certainly her. seems that way. Yeah, he, he's, It's just a, a lever he's using to antagonize her. It's an, it's enough to freak, freak Jen out. Yeah. But like, you know. I don't I mean, imagine she gets drunk that much. Yeah. So it probably does freak her well, out being out of control. I would imagine so. Yeah. Um, what Whereas I Dante's an old man <laughs> being out of control. Well, but I have to say that that this could be a, a lot more cringy of a scene in retrospect than it is because they were both getting drunk together. Right. So we it's have to okay. assume that it, even though it was under the influence, it was consensual. Right. Well, if both people are three sheets to the wind, then. Like, either everybody's consenting or nobody's consenting. So it's like, you know, uh, the problem is when one person is drunk and the other is sober. Um, No, it's safe to say that Dante was just as drunk as she was, if not more so. You know, PSA, Mm. if someone is drunk and you are not drunk, if they have it enough to drink that they're sloshing around and getting real amorous, you need to put that friend to bed. Mm. Not your bed, though. be a hero. It can be your bed if you're not in the bed and you go sleep on the couch. Um, Mm. Famously, this happens in Working Girl, which you are confused why I like it so much, but that's one of the wonderful scenes, is that... Is it? Yes, Harrison Ford puts Melanie, a very drunk, very lascivious Melanie Griffith to bed and sleeps on the sofa or something. Okay. Which is a big deal for the 80s, let me tell you. For something like that to happen in the 80s. I presume with a title like Working Girl that something else is going to come up. freaking make you watch Working Girl one of these days and you're going to... You're going to watch Wrath of Khan first. Yeah, that's fine. But you're going to eat your words. Just watch. Just watch. It's Mike Nichols, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's probably quite good then. Listen. And it's Sigourney Weaver. Come on. I would not lead you astray. Okay. (laughs) I wouldn't. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so terrible. Like, I've made you watch, like, mountains of trash. I have not. I watch my trash on my own, mm. like a good person. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Um, okay, so he um, he kisses her aggressively and then invites Jenna to slap him after he talks about remembering all the squelchy details. Right. And, um, and gets thrown across the room suddenly by a Jenna's huge new... Bloke. Yeah. And it's Jenna's new bodyguard. Mm. Captain Rudy Arbatov. Oh, good. Yes. So Rudy just know that nothing good is going to come <laughs> of this one. So Rudy's been drinking his milk because he is big, broad-chested, and just dwarfing Dante by standing mm-hmm. next to him. I mean, he's Dante is tiny. Um, so Dante immediately gets ready to fight. Tells Rudy to choose his weapons. Uh, and I like the crest here is is salty and says, "You may require a larger blade, Dante," <laughs> which is you know unfortunately playing on that penis joke from before, yeah. but is also kind of a "you're going to need a bigger boat" moment. Yeah, I'm always a fan of that being invoked. Um, so Jenna says the captain Rudy only fights barehanded and that he's the unarmed combat champion of the Imperial forces, hmm. and he hates weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dante's like, why do you need a bodyguard? And Jenna says that she can't live the life of a single girl anymore. Yeah, that's foreshadowing. Yeah, so Dante's about to ask her about this and then interrupts himself to go, wait a minute. He's so slow mm-hmm. on the uptake. Wait, Captain Rudy Arbatov? And so then Rudy decides to recount all of the Arbatovs he's killed. But I've made a song. Oh, really? If you remember... When we first started talking about this and the many Arbatovs, I was saying it was like the old lady who swallowed a fly. Oh, my God. So I, I, the first Arbatov was skinned alive. The second one was hurled to his death. A firing squad took the third one's last breath. Oh, my God. I, I'm going to keep adding What's to What's going to happen with this one? Yeah, I don't... Well, 
Spoiler alert, he doesn't die. Oh, no. It's an Arbitoff that doesn't oh, die. God, Rudy. Rudy. Rudy lives. Hero. It's like the, the Henry VIII thing, beheaded, died, beheaded, survived. Like he's, <laughs> I forget which one's the last one that lives, but. Okay, I'm, I'm just singing now, Arbitoff spinoff. <laughs> that should be the spinoff because nobody wants that. <sighs> nobody wants the Arbitoff spinoff. But the we could, story we could no spin one it. wants. We could spin um, it. So, so he's going to beat Dante to death. Mm-hmm. Cool. I uh, like better call Saul, but you know, <laughs> the other angle in the same story. <laughs> How did we get there? The Arbatov story. <laughs> it's like oh, screams of Squawkstack Thargo. It's oh, like, no, God. we want Lulu stories. No, 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 you're going to get Arbatovs. Arbatovs only. Yes. Um. So Dante tries to punch Rudy and hurts his hand because apparently Rudy Arbatov has a synthetic skeleton and no nerve responses. But he doesn't like weapons. Right. Somewhat contradictory. His body there. is a weapon. Yeah. Um, Cheat. So we see, uh, then we sort of cut away from this scene and we see a conveyor belt mm-hmm. um, preparing swizzle jig brains for the feast. Yeah. So I guess we're just going to reenact the monkey brain scene from Temple of Doom yeah. here. That's... I guess to show that white people eat gross stuff too, which I'm in support of. Whatever swizzle jig Because are. let me tell you, that scene was really terrible for the uh, South Asian population. Was in that it? movie, yes. Oh, I... It's... Yeah, kind of like talking about a poo from the Simpsons for South Asian folk. Mm-hmm. The monkey brains thing was like a terrible time for anybody who was South Asian. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So I like here that we're like rich, awful white people are really the sort that would order something extravagant <laughs> and not, weird like it's that. It's not the race that's the problem. It's the money. It's the money. Exactly. It's the, it's the power. It's, it's the power. And the power makes people do <laughs> shitty things. Um, Which is, if anything, the motto of this entire es- that's really epic true. story. Mm-hmm. Money makes people do shitty things. Yes. Agreed. Um, so uh, the swizzle jigs here, their brains are served and they're cut open skulls and they look kind of like confused small bears. Mm. Um Anyway, Dante's thrown into a nearby table of these culinary grotesqueries uh, and decides to start fighting dirty, um, kicking Rudy in the head um, to gain the upper hand um, and uh, hits him with a champagne bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's to no avail. Um, yeah. He punches Dante in the stomach and uppercuts him pretty, pretty intensely. Um, then Andreas shows up. Uh, Not to help or to be useful, just Just offering encouragement. Listen, you should play dead, dude. Uh, And Dante's like, he might kick me in the head to see if I'm actually dead, so that isn't going to work. And uh, Dante then gets thrown across the dining room, and Jenna and Dimitri, Nastasia, and the others are just sort of like hanging out watching all this. Um, Dinner theater. You know. Dante. You invite Dante, you get a brawl. That's what they do now. That's what guaranteed. The, the the empire's great families are inviting Nikolai Dante around for yeah. You book the Romanovs, and you are assured that you will have a Dante brawl. Yeah. At your event of choice, yes. Swizzle gigs, brains everywhere. Everywhere. Um, so Dante ends up on the Swizzle jig brains conveyor belt. <laughs> it's like the sushi conveyor right? belt. Yes. Okay. Your favorite thing in the world. Listen. Listen, that place is amazing. There's a place in LA <laughs> called, I think it's called like Kula Sushi, like K-U-L-A, something like that. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I forget the name. Um, I looked it up just recently because 
one of my friends posted a Instagram post mm -hmm. of her at the restaurant saying it was open again. Oh, and the God. conveyor belts were running and it was the happiest I've been since this pandemic started, let me tell you. Oh, no. Like, it's open. It's happening again. It's conveyor belt Shall sushi. We go to LA you guys. Just to go there. Half of me wants to say yes to that. <laughs> I was so happy. It was like I was as happy in that sushi place as I was at our wedding, I feel like. Oh okay, God. maybe a little less happy at the sushi place, but it was amazing. The, the sushi, you order it, and it just shoots with this pneumatic mm. air. It just pushes the sushi down this little, like, ramp that's next to your table, and it just arrives. Like, it just knows to stop right at your table. And, like, you can also grab stuff that's just going by and circulating. And little games machine thing yeah. that, that gives you prizes yeah, every yeah. time if you, you order more sushi. If you put your empty plates into the little plate thing... It little a little animation appears on the screen and it plays music and if you do enough you get a prize. <laughs> I still have my sushi badge. I was so happy there. Mercifully, oh. the sushi anyway, was actually pretty good. It was good. It was. Otherwise, it would have been awful. No, it's because you'd have just kept pushing that button until we were all dead. Yeah, I was. I was definitely like a Pavlov dog, just just pushing the button, triggering all your yeah. responses. Yeah. Um. Yes. Anyway. That sushi place is amazing. Um, <laughs> nobody cares about how that's, much I love that's sushi. Our, that's our restaurant recommendation. <laughs> Listen, anyone you talk to about LA and you mention that conveyor belt sushi mm -hmm. place and they all love it. People I know who are totally unrelated to each other all collectively love that place. Mm -hmm. So it's not just me. It Guess is... where we're going next time the quarantine lifts. <laughs> Oh, you'll never get me out of there. Anyway. I'm going to move in. So anyway, Fist so Dante, <laughs> Fists of Fury, back to Fists of Fury. So Dante, um, yes, gets thrown onto the um, swizzle jig conveyor belts um, and uh, they fight through the conveyor belt. Wait, I've completely lost Which my goes place. goes into the back. Um, there we go. Um, and he just kicks Rudy in the groin. Yeah. And that stops him. Apparently. That's and then, it. And then hits him with the, the swizzle gig decapitator. I mean, does he? Yeah. Oh, I see there. Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. hits. Okay. He doesn't kick him in the balls. He hits him with the swizzle jig. <laughs> decapitator. Decapitator in the brain balls. Brain scrambler. So, so we're meant to think he ripped his bits off? Something. I don't know. This is a very gentle, heavy episode. I don't see any actual blood, but. No, it it's obviously hurts. Good Lord. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> poor Rudy's curled up in a ball. And uh, Mikhail offers Dante a place on his Bloodsport channel mm -hmm. for his showing today. Um, Jenna walks away mad. Dante makes a crack about liking her body more than her bodyguard did. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't really land. Yeah. Uh, and the czar ominously says that soon his affection for Dante will know no bounds. Which is interesting. I don't understand what's going on there. I don't know. He's he's hinting at something. Mm -hmm. And then he announces that Jen is engaged to Mikhail. And they kiss sort of weirdly. And mm -hmm. Dante pouts. Yeah. And yeah. that's he Fist of Fury. In, in Prussian blue, which is uh, Gary's signature color in this period. Oh, I see. I have to remember that Gary, I think, is still airbrushing this. So, it looks like an airbrush here, yeah, doesn't so it? This, yeah. This, There's uh, a gradient. Yeah. So this Prussian blue power at the end, which is coincidentally, or not coincidentally, exactly the same way the next episode ends. Mm. Just like to point that out now. The blue sadness. The blue pout. He's in his blue period. Mm. Mm. So that's it. That's Fists of Fury. How's your beer? 
It's very good. It's nice, isn't it? What is this German beer? It's Kristlitz, I think. It's, I think it's pronounced Kristlitz. It's German or Russian. I forget. Something. I think it might be Russian. Black. Ooh. Black lager. Anyway. Listen, Russian would be very appropriate. It I'm into be. it. I was... So that's the end of Fist of Fury, which I can't remember from the Bruce Lee film that we watched, if there's anything like that in no, there. I nothing. don't think that there is. No, he, it just drops the title. No. Probably never quotes no. actual okay. story. Well, sometimes. But Very rarely. Yeah. Um, so now we move on to The Last Dance on the Trans-Siberian Express. Yay. And we open on an opulent theater, mm-hmm. the Bolshoi Theater. Dancing on the stage is the Firebird Ballerina Queen of the Dons Macabre, the greatest dancer of her age. And all the Romanovs are taking in the show from their royal box, saying nice things, and Dante then just yells, What an ass! really loudly because... Talking about himself there, really, isn't Dante, he? I mean, clearly, <laughs> right? This is the double entendre. Mm-hmm. Uh, the double d'entendre. Yes. <laughs> I'm proud of myself for that good, good more job. than anyone job, else. <laughs> Just remember that you're drinking. Uh, yes, I haven't had that much beer yet, though. Can't blame it on the on the this alcohol. This is radio. Just Nobody yet. knows. This is radio. This it's could true. be your fifth. Could be my fifteenth beer. Um, so everyone throws roses at the Firebird, who looks mm-hmm. like a redheaded Katniss Everdeen and Catching Fire. Did you ever see those uh, movies? I saw one of them. I think right. this is sometime before that movie. Well, in the second one, Catching Fire. She mm-hmm. gets a special dress made for her that is in flames. Oh, it's flaming. I think I may have seen an animated gif of that yes, or something. Yes. Um, so uh, the the ballerina, um, the firebird, is wearing mm-hmm. a leotard that, that is flaming yeah. at the top. Yeah. Um, because she's a bird and she's on fire. She appears to be a flame, that's right. Mm. Uh, and in a breach of stage etiquette, apparently, mm. she throws a rose into the audience at Dante. Mm. And Kurt Brockman, who is reporting live for the Bolshoi channel uh, in a voiceover, muses that she's trying to throw some shade at Mikhail, who she used to sleep with before he got engaged to Jenna. Okay. Which I remember back from all the way back in that, I should have looked up what episode it was, but when they were at that party and yeah. Nastasia was leading him around and explaining mm. everything. Yes. Um, that was Firebird was there with That's Mikhail. That's right, she was, yes. Yeah, because I remember you drew her super hot. She was very high, very, quite different. Charlie's drawing a different yeah. character. Basically a different character. Yeah. But, yes, it's, yeah. but she was super hot and I really liked her. So mm-hmm. I, I remember that drawing. Right. Um, so yeah, so she, so the the voiceover of the, the news reporter says that she's trying to basically like, you know, um, get back at, at Mikhail mm-hmm. and that there's rumors that the Firebird will perform the Dance of the Phoenix, whatever that is, at the mm-hmm. after party for this. Uh, or make out with Dante, or both. A subtle uh, shadowing here. The bar they had to head to there is called the Red Shoes. So you oh, know this is going nowhere good. Oh, no, yeah. That we saw a ballet of the Red Shoes. We did, and I've seen the movie a bunch of times because it's one of my seen the one movie. of my favorite movies. We really do need to yeah. fix that. Paul the ballet was amazing, though. It's Truly. a great, great story. The, the movie is one of the best yeah. British movies ever made. Yeah. And certainly one of the best dance, if not the best dance movie ever. Mm. So they, uh, so they are heading to the after party at the Red Shoes, um, and at this party on the dance floor, Dante asks the Firebird to dance. Mm-hmm. Then says he's a terrible dancer and would ruin her dancing feet. And she confides in him that she'd do almost anything to escape the dancing life. It's a curse. Mm. Okay. And Dante says, "Hey, babe." Again, the Red Shoes references <laughs> abound. Right. 
He says, hey, babe, I make a great escape route, you know, basically, mm. which true enough. Um, I mean, Dante is sort of slamming your hand down on the like self-destruct button, but like, you know, it's, way to go. it's an exit. <laughs> um, suddenly a bunch of white haired dudes in black lace spandex descend upon Dante and point knives at his throat. I mean, I, I'm not mistaking this, right? Black Anore- spandex lace. goths, I think he calls them. Right, but like lace arms yeah, on the black spandex. Because I guess they're, they dance. They're, it's a dance yeah, costume. Dancing bodyguards or this is something. Like, um, it's like the, the costumes you see ice skaters wear, hmm. right? Yeah, Male fair, ice skaters. Fair point. Um, so I assume that's the reference. Uh, being intimidated by Robin Cousins. He, I don't know who that is. Okay. Um, the crest uh, tells Dante that the lead spandex guy is Stravinsky, the lead instructor of the assassin dancers of the Dans Macabre. So they're assassin dancers. Of course. Yeah. Because. Because why That's not? the world we live in. And apparently Stravinsky trained Firebird, and he basically leads her away from Dante, like, don't, don't muck around with this mm-hmm. street rat. Um, and then Lulu shows up. Yay, Yay, Lulu. Always, um, always a favorite. Yeah, Story could use a remorseless murderer right now, you know? Nothing's really happening yet. Um, and she expositions that there's a legend of the Firebird. Mm-hmm. And the legend of the Firebird is that uh, a young hero with the aid of the mysterious Firebird will win the love of a princess and slay the monster who imprisoned her. Okay. Somewhere um, on the nose there, but yes. Right. So uh, apparently the dance is symbolic uh, mm-hmm. of a hero gaining the Firebird's trust. And if she can find a partner to dance it with her, she's free of her black lace spandex enforced contract. Hmm. Um, so okay. Stravinsky then shouts, who will no one dare dance with the Firebird? <laughs> should, have, should have known better than to say <laughs> that when Dante's in the room. Of course Dante jumps in, shushing the crest, who's like warning him that this is a difficult and dangerous dance, yes. and swears that he's got snake hips. Whatever. So it's Dante. fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, uh, we're, we're convinced. Um, and so they, they begin dancing. He, they sort of tango, he dips her, and they dead drop into a split in unison, which I love because this is such a drag queen move. Like 100%, that's a drag queen mm-hmm. move. It is called the dead drop. It's really impressive. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that that's part of this like historic dance. It's like a drag queen move in the middle of it. It's great. Um, Dante rips his trousers, and the crest is like telling him his clothes are too tight. I mm-hmm. told you so. And his family's just sort of looking on, happy with this performance. I think, honestly, I feel like I know there's some like, political jiggery pokery going on mm-hmm. in the background here but i think the romanovs were were seriously just really bored and so they were like this dante guy is amusing like, let's bring him to all our parties let's bring him to all the parties and it's just going to be fun to to hmm. wind him up and see where he goes yeah right. um, i'm curious about this dance where he holds her by his, her ankles and swings around i don't that is another that ice skating move is it yes it is um, can you do that on the ground with the ice skates on it is it, it's a thing, I think it was in The Cutting Edge, which is a famous, uh, I think, early 90s ice skating movie. And there's like this fabled move where you like I, swing someone around. I know nothing of this. I, I, this whole sequence is sort of referencing different dance mm-hmm. things. So I think this might be a reference to that. I'm not sure. We'll see. You are just you are just ASMRing all over this recording, aren't you? Sorry. 
sorry. You are literally you chewing ice, my friend. I'm sorry. Better hope sorry. our audience likes it. Sorry about that. Good Lord. Uh, I'm, I'll pull back now. Good Lord. Um, so, yeah, so he's doing that move. Uh, and then he lifts the firebird into the nobody puts baby in the corner move from mm-hmm. Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and he reveals that the crest is somehow guiding his steps. <laughs> but for some reason, the crest only knows 99 of the steps of this dance, which is like an odd I think place to just, stop. It just be the crest being passive aggressive. Maybe? I'll give you enough to get you into trouble, but not enough to get you out. I don't know. Um, what else can the crest do? I mean, the crest is, like, able to, like, make Dante, like, a world-renowned dancer. God knows. Um, Seems improbable, but then, The crest is definitely turning into, like, I know kung fu from the Matrix kind of territory. (laughs) It's like downloading dancing. Um, So Stravinsky and his lace spandex goons look on because if there's a step out of place, it's cool that they kill him or something. Apparently. That's fine. Um, so Dante realizes this is getting deadly serious and, like, gets to a reasonable level of worried mm-hmm. as the steps tick up to nearly 99, and then he stumbles. And the spandex goons descend. And we get a dirty dancing joke in as the dance floor just descends into chaos. Oh, okay. All right. I've never seen dirty dancing either. Uh, yeah, we should watch that sometime. Should we? Yeah. Do we have to? We don't have to. It's not one that's, like, personal to me. But mm. Jerry Orbach is in it. Yeah, he's always good. Yeah, he is. I mean, it's it's interesting. I'll tell you, after growing up, you know, a child of the 80s, growing up and you hear everybody talk about Dirty Dancing and Don't Put Baby in the Corner. It's, like, this huge mm. thing. And I saw this movie and I was like, this is the movie? I was really confused when I finally watched it as, like, a late teen, early 20s person. Mm. It's a It's a strange little picture. Oh, okay. um, there's the sweet part, but like, there's also this weird class thing happening in it yeah. and they're like okay. in the cat skills. It's, it's interesting right. anyway. Um, so right. So Dante forms his bio blades and disables the gravity field of the floating orchestra box. That's been accompanying like whatever this performance is supposed to be. <laughs> okay. Talking about recurring themes and Robbie things, stuff that floats, that falls. Stuff that floats, He's that like, falls. This disable the gravity disabilizer. <laughs> I think that's what it's actually labeled as. Is it? It says... Uh, grav field, grav field generator. generator. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Punch here to disable. Punch here to disable. Um, so, right. Uh, and the orchestra then box crashes into the goons and Dante and Firebird make their escape. Um, the crest tells Dante that if he can make it to Makarov territory or Romanov territory, mm-hmm. he'll be okay. Did I just write down the wrong name there? If they can yeah, yeah, make, it to make it to Romanov territory. Romanov, yes, I just did yeah. that. Um, Romanov territory. Cue um, the train. That they can, that they'll be okay under imperial law, mm-hmm. like for this whole debacle. Right. So they rush past Firebird's adoring fans and make it to the Yaroslav Lull, Yaroslav train station. Yeah, don't pick it up. Really Yaroslavic. Yeah. Yaroslavl, I don't know. I don't know, I can't read it. Anyway, they make it to a train station as the last call for the Trans-Siberian Express is made. Mm -hmm. And Dante picks the pocket of a rich old groom carrying his young bride aboard, and he and Firebird make it on the train. Kretinsky by name, Cretin by nature. Right. My mother warned you about you. Warned me about you. That's what his the old old dude's bride is saying to him. Anyway. Um and uh so the Trans-Siberian Express runs on like a sex snowpiercer track. It's an unbroken loop. 
mm-hmm. that goes from New Moscow through Siberia and Vladivostok to the Russian Far Vlad- East. Vladivostok. Vladivostok. Yes. Um, to the Russian Far East. Indeed. So future tech makes the journey two days long. Mm-hmm. Um, Dante and Firebird end up in the honeymoon suite. And like, I'm like, these, this rich couple that he picked the pocket of, like, mm-hmm booked the honeymoon suite on this super expensive train. This has got to yep. be like super, super big money. Right. I'm wondering like, you'd think the future tech would extend to like ticket scalping protection. Hmm. You know, like where's Eddie Vedder when you need him? Who's Eddie Vedder? Oh boy. Um, Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder. No, I don't care about um, Pearl Jam. So in, well, sorry. Th- the reason you should care is in the nineties, Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam tried to take on Ticketmaster and oh. basically break up big Ticketmaster because they well. were saying that Ticketmaster and the scalpers were just robbing people. And they, they created this new entity to sell their tickets through because mm-hmm. they were such a big act at the time. Okay. Um, even without your support, they managed to be very successful. Oh. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and unfortunately they lost, but it was a valiant battle and we, mm-hmm. we love Eddie Vedder for doing that. Um, so, yeah. Um, oh, rock bands were really proactive back then, weren't they? It was like Metallica tried to take out Napster as well. I mean, that was some corporate-ish, but yeah. Mm. I mean, that was a little... That was sort of a punching down thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Eddie Vedder was definitely punching up and it was really cool. And yeah, okay. I, I, I I do miss those days. Um there was some cool stuff going on. Anyway, no. Anyway, they don't seem to build up tickets. They, there's there no are, ticket protection or scalping, whatever. Let's which... just assume yada yada weapons crest. <laughs> yada yada weapons pokery, crest. Yes. Whatever is required to get through. Um, this is not the security you're looking for. Um, no. So Dante banters with Firebird about how it sucks that their exes are engaged, mm-hmm. and he offers his body to Firebird so she can take revenge on Mikhail. Hmm. But she demurs and says they had a business arrangement with uh, Mikhail had a business arrangement with the Don's Macabre and they were only engaged so that he could have broadcast rights to her performances. Mm -hmm. But now he's apparently set his sights higher in bagging Jenna. As we learn through this, I think what we're trying, what we're learning here, the the world is uh, very much transactional and um, all the politics is based on old fashioned uh, marriages of convenience. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, you know, that that hasn't changed in this future. And so Dante explains that the uh, train runs through the Ural Mountains, the Romanov heartlands, and on that territory, uh, Firebird will be under their protection. Mm-hmm. So Imperial law will treat the escape as a dynastic defection. Mm-hmm. If the Dons Macabre want to contest that, they'll have to deal with the House of Romanov, which is right. interesting that Dante is suddenly really getting educated on sort of the political implications Mm -hmm. and powers by extension so are we yes i mean he's expositioning but there is we we have seen dante become more literate in these matters as time has worn on so he's becoming more and more embedded which is interesting to note embedded embedded look look it's the it's the last shot from north by northwest speaking of (laughs) um they uh Right. They make out and the train goes through a tunnel. So, yes, yeah. north by northwest. Um, suddenly, the... Uh, where am I looking? Train Here we go. The black... The yes. spandex lace boys. That's right. The black lace goons barge in on their lovemaking and report that they've found the Firebird and radios to Stravinsky, who's riding a floating tank alongside the outside of the train. Mm-hmm. Dante and the Firebird fight the goons and Dante spears one of them with, like... 
what exactly? That's a good question because, because there's a spear there and, and then it he detaches. falls off with the spear, but that's so not how Dante's he, weapons He forms works. his bio blades. Yeah, we see him form the bio blades. Yeah. Then it looks like he rams the bio blade, which is now a spear, through one of the goons yeah. and chucks the goon off the train and the spear is still shishkabobbing him. One has to assume that's a mistake. Okay. Because it's like bio blade, yeah, it's all silver, it's and then here it's like not brown. How, not how the bio blade. Works. Like I was looking at the guys. Like, did any of them bring a spear in no, that he just no, appropriated? No, and no. no, no okay, no. It's, so oopsie doopsie. Um, Dante and Firebird uh, climb out of the suite through the window into the top of the train because you know we gotta have a top of the high speed train fight. It's mandatory. It is absolutely. What kind of swashbuckler <laughs> would he be if he wasn't running along the top of a train? So here we go. So he fights the goons with Stravinsky in hot pursuit, radioing uh, to the goon leader. I'm surprised this isn't called the fight of spring, by the way. <laughs> Just throw out alternative puns. Um, uh, radioing to the goon leader that they have to stop them from reaching... Goon Ro leader. Goon leader. Uh, Romano Romanov territory. Yeah. Uh, so they know about that. They yeah, know yeah, about yeah, the, yeah. the borders and the importance of that. So Stravinsky then heads toward the front of the train to gain control of the train and threatens the driver. Mm -hmm. um, and Dante is hot on his heels. The crest let him know that's where he was heading. And so he kicks Stravinsky in the face and Stravinsky falls back onto his little glider floating, floating tank thing. thing mm -hmm. And I guess shoots the wheels out of the train. Apparently. It looks like. Um, and the train derails and crashes onto its side in the Seems snow. Powered by coal. It does look like it's powered it's a by very coal. Strange train in the future. I guess it's like presumably there's some kind of like metaphorical coal. Maybe it's sort of decorative. Yeah, or it's maybe just it's decorative. Like nanotechnology coal. <laughs> Nanobot coal. I like it. Yes. Um, so just as Stravinsky and his goons get ready to like scoop up Dante's prone body from the crash and murder him, Dimitri arrives. Yay! With Constantine and puts a coat on the Firebird, which I was like, oh. Like, that's un that uncharacteristically be, sweet. That may be the only kind thing Dimitri's ever done. Well, it's a tactical kind thing, as we're mm. about to find out. Yeah. Uh, Dimitri informs Stravinsky that they're on Romanov land now, and Stravinsky argues that he and the Dance Macabre have the seal of the Tsar behind them. And Dimitri says, I think the Tsar is going to be pretty pissed that you wrecked this fabled Trans-Siberian Express, and basically says to Constantine, finish him. So Constantine... Come dance with me. Yes, Constantine... Uh, says that and produces one of his uh, fabled bolts of bolts death. of death's energy. Aye. Yes, that's Fizzle. the sound they make as um, as their lycra burns. Constantine uh, blows them up. Him and the goons, mm -hmm. uh, Stravinsky and the goons. And then I just say the designing goons is my least favorite thing about this yeah. whole thing. I'm t I'm terrible at it. Yeah. I hate goons. I hate goons. I should really spend more time doing this so I don't yeah. hate drawing them every time. Anyway. Well. That's a note for yourself that you yes, probably Note forget. to self. Design better goons. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Firebird then mm. reveals that all of this was a smokescreen, mm. to which I say effing elaborate smokescreen. Um, to a hide, lot of smoke. <laughs> to hide her negotiations with Dimitri to become the head of Grosky Communications, which Dimitri bought from the Gorky. late... Gorky Communications. Gorky, sorry. Yes. Gorky Communications, which Dimitri bought from the late Kronstadt. Yes. So, and she's like, oh, I didn't think you'd be so heroic and actually try to save me and all this, but, like, I just wanted a new job and mm -hmm. not to be doing this horrible dancing. 
And um, so this whole kind of train thing was just like, oops. Yeah. And so she seems to feel like a little bit bad about it, but not too bad. And Dante decides to pout again and feels roughly used. My dancing days are over. Yeah, he's never going to dance again. again. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. Yeah, that's that's basically what was playing in my head as I was looking at this like final blue Dante panel. Mm. Sad Dante. Prussian blue. Prussian blue Dante. Not Russian blue, Prussian blue. Prussian. Um, I'm distracted by the next page in this collection, which is uh, John M. Burns, who's the next yeah. story we've got, Cruel Seas, uh, So is the next story. And, this uh, is, you know, it's interesting to see Jenna back after so long. We have not seen Jenna since the end of The Great Game. It's true, actually. There have been a, been a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pages between us and our last Jenna. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'm yeah. flipping back to show you in this Hachette book, yeah. which, by the way... If you want to order some Dante, you can go to Hachette Partworks mm-hmm. and you can order these individual like individually. You don't have to have the subscription. That's what they say, yeah. You can order it individually. A lot of there's some Dantes that are out of stock, but a bunch of these books are available and they are quite nice, so I recommend that. Yep. But um I'm flipping back in this and I'm going to flip you to the last bit with Jenna. Mm-hmm. There's the panel, yeah, right? Big, it's a big chunk. This is how much we've had without Jenna. I'm holding know. like a, a half inch of pages here. I know. I mean. Sadly missed. Wow. She was missed though. This I mean, was, Charlie does draws, draws a good Jenna. He does, but this is like, this was not a great Jenna outing. I mean, this mm. was kind of a boring yeah. Jenna getting engaged and just sort of being. Well, unfortunately, we, we get a lot of this coming up. Template. She's, the, she's a pawn of the, yeah. the system. Um, I mean, she's got to know that, though. She was raised in yep. this family. Oh, she knows. Um, she knows. How so, happy she is about it, we're about to find out. We will find out. Um, mm. So, yeah, we're we're about to head into the fabled beginning of the Burns era. Yes. Of Dante. Yes. And we're seeing a little sneak preview here on yep. the uh, the forward page of this Hachette edition. And we're seeing the, appearance of the pirate queen. Dante's mom. Anyway, let's not so, get distracted by that. Because, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. We'll get to that next week. Yes, we will. Um, um, so, yeah. I mean, any other thoughts on uh, uh, on it, kind of work? I, I guess we're sort of, we're, we're ending this chapter of Dante sort of having these adventures with yeah. various people in his family. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, his yeah, sort yeah. of little weird dalliances here that are setting us up right. for... Um, Jenna and her engagement and what that's going right. to mean socio-politically. Yeah. So the next phase is all about Jenna's love life. Okay. Um, or the consequences of Jenna's love life. Uh, Cruel Seas, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a major one because it introduces a very important character, Dante's mum, and also John M. Burns. It's very mm-hmm. important for this, uh, this, this work in, as a whole. Uh, but yeah, this is the last kind of like jokey, silly, Light-hearted, daft, goofy. daft adventure swashbuckling thing right. for a little while. Mm. Uh, because we're building up to uh, the courtship of Jenna Makarov, which I, I think up to recent, I think it's my favorite yeah. of, the, of the ones we did. Great uh, cover. Yeah. The famous, the yeah, famous yeah, done, cover I've of that. I've done that cover a couple of times. Yeah. Um, There's a, a few versions of that cover. Anyway, yeah, so we're building up to that. Um, and this is, um, I don't know if Charlie did another one. I'm not, I'm not aware of Charlie doing another one after this. Maybe I'm misremembering. Mm. I'll have to look, look it up. 
Well, we've only got a couple of stories left in this uh, yep. in this book, which yep. is uh, the Great Game, Volume Two. It's uh, yeah, it's Volume Two of the of the Dante mm-hmm. Nikolai Dante collection through Hachette. It's seven book seventy three of the ongoing two thousand AD collection that they're archiving. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward. We're about to we're about to get into it, so we are closing the book on Dante for today. Yes, we are. But we will be back next week with Cruel Seas and the beginning of Burns. Burns. Um, We hope you enjoyed our podcast, and if so, please subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave us ratings and reviews wherever you can. Tell your friends about the podcast, anybody who might enjoy listening along with us and uh, joining our book club. Um, follow us on Twitter at PodTGDR. Let us know what you think of the podcast, of Dante, comics, whatever is on your mind. I'm Edie. And I'm Simon. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.